గుడ్ డే వెల్కమ్ టు ద ఆమ్ చర్ క్రికెట్ పాడ్కాస్ట్ థ్యాంక్స్ ఫర్ జాయినింగ్ అస్ వన్స్ అగైన్ వీ హ్యావ్ ప్రీవియస్లీ పోస్టెడ్ అ పైలట్ ఎపిసోడ్ అండ్ వీ గాట్ వెరీ ఎన్కరేజింగ్ రెస్పాన్స్ ఫ్రమ్ ఆర్ ఫ్రెండ్స్ అండ్ అ కపుల్ ఆఫ్ లిజ్నర్స్ వరల్డ్ వైడ్ సో వెల్కమ్ టు ద ఫస్ట్ అఫీషియల్ పాడ్కాస్ట్ ఆఫ్ ద ఆమ్ చర్ క్రికెట్ షో అండ్ వెల్ ఐఎమ్ యూర్ హోస్ట్ అజిత్ ఐ ఆమ్ అన్ ఎక్స్పాక్ట్ ఇన్ ద నెదర్లాండ్స్ and i'll be joined by a few guests who are also cricket enthusiasts and uh, we will discuss the ongoing events in the world cricket we are uh, effectively cricket uh, purists we would like to call ourselves that so our focus will be mostly on the uh, long format of the game but we will occasionally pick up uh, some stories or some series about the shorter formats including the odi and t20s So, without uh, much further ado, I would like to introduce you to my guest today, uh, Giridhar, whom I'll call Giri. Hello, Giri. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Ajit. Um, uh, thank you for having me here. Um, I'm Giri, uh, also an expat living in the Netherlands. Uh, like Ajit, uh, I'm also uh, a fan of the purest form of the game, the test cricket. Um, so, hopefully, we can have a lot of... Uh, chats about ongoing test series uh, around the world along with other things like ajit ajit mentioned uh, look forward to this uh, conversation ajit stage is yours thank you welcome so um before you go any further uh, we have a little bit of uh, feedback from our friends uh, and uh, there were some small corrections that were pointed out to us so i would like to start off with that in the previous episode while discussing the fact that ali kokalis kokos knighted i think we may have given out the impression that uh, him and botham were the only two england cricketers that were knighted this is uh, this is not right i looked it up and there are as many as um, yeah up to 14 people 14 english men who have been knighted and i think there is also one english woman who was knighted so uh, again something we can look it up uh, easily on wikipedia i see very famous names in this list it, it should, should have been obvious to us while discussing that there should be have been more so uh, there is gabi allen there's uh, alec bedsir there's neville cardus there's uh, colin cowdrey who was then created the lord cowdrey of tonbridge after being knighted of course then there's uh, jack hobbs there's len hutton there's uh, francis eden lacy there's uh, i think henry uh, grisham leverson gover these are i think the people who are probably more in, uh, involved in the administration side and then of course there's uh, frederick charles toon and uh, plum warner some very interesting people uh these were the let's say uh, the people who have been knighted also this uh, uh, ian botham and then this uh, finally uh, this thing francis stanley jackson who was incidentally if I, i think this might be an exception francis stanley jackson because he was later the governor of bengal in the 1920s and 30s so that's very interesting i think he might be one of those people who played cricket and then successfully transitioned to a political career much like the current prime minister of pakistan or uh, another example that we may discuss later in this podcast so it's very interesting that uh, there are quite a few people who have been recognized for their services and uh, there was one indian who was who was also knighted who, who an indian actually uh, so would you would you hazard a guess who that is i don't know if you already looked it up giri no i haven't looked it up to be honest uh, would that be uh, ranji eh that's a good guess but no so this is at the time where there were little kings and baronets in india who sort of received right. it as a so it was maharaj kumar of vijayanagaram who was oh. i think the first 
uh, I think the f- uh, he led the Indian first tour to uh, England in the 30s and he was knighted okay. uh, by for, for uh, that reason I think so I mean <laughs> part of services uh, the fun part is he officially renounced his knighthood after India gained its independence so this is something much else like, uh, much like uh, Rabindranath Tagore yep yes. and uh, Rachel Hayhoe Flint uh, probably the most uh, influential women's cricketer there ever has been was created the Baroness Hayhoe Flint of Wolverhampton because of her uh, services to uh, cricket and I think this is the uh, only uh, lady who lady cricketer who's been recognized as such so uh, that's something worth mentioning so this is a small correction that have been that has been brought to our notice also uh, I think I claimed uh, uh, Bob Willis was the last fast bowling England captain a friend pointed out later that it was not just Bob Willis Andrew Flintoff even though he was an all-rounder was effectively Uh, fast bowler and he was the last england captain who was also a fast bowler i think he led the england tests uh, england in tests and down and uh, fairly disastrous ashes series mm-hmm. i'm not wrong 2011 so that was him and then uh, i think broad did some captaining in the t20s as well so england have experimented with their fast bowlers being captains uh, i think this came up while discussing australia Mm-hmm. trying to choose here's a successful formula uh, fast bowlers and yes. uh, captains i mean, uh, I mean they, no. they, they, mm. it sort of it sort of makes sense these are the most injury prone people what you mentioned yeah. previously so yeah. yeah and the other i think correction that was pointed out is that uh, we got the venues wrong for the tests uh, the remaining tests at that point in time between uh, south africa and pakistan just a small heads up those were some corrections so i would like to again say thanks to our uh, friends and listeners who pointed these things out to us so now let's go on to the topics at hand so first we will go through the major ongoing test series out there and then any other test or one day series we would like to discuss so the first one as we self proclaimed india cricket fans so the first one would be the india australia test series so giri uh, we've had four days yeah. of mm. a very interesting uh, yeah two days two sessions of play lost on the fourth day and uh, india have enforced follow on uh, in the mm. fourth test so it looks like uh, for now australia heading into the last day are about 318 runs behind and australia 16 runs behind they are effectively a 6-1 no loss in the four, third innings yeah. and they'll need to make more than 320 to make it a bad again let's say like that so uh, for now uh, what are your thoughts on this what are your thoughts well um, the only thing i can see happening uh from an australian uh, from australia's perspective is they have to bat out three sessions if they can so i i, I don't think uh, um there is any other option for them they just have to save this match and save their face because it's it's going to be 2-1 at the end of the series if they can save this match uh having said that uh, we've seen that weather had a play a part to play uh yesterday on the on the fourth day so it rained for quite a bit and then there was uh, outfield also wet also got delays because of that So they can uh, I don't know if we can rely on weather I don't think that's the right approach if you're a true Australian hard fighting Australian cricketer then you would look forward to fighting the day out you know uh, finishing uh, unbeaten uh, towards the uh, by the end of the day um, so but apart from this uh, you know uh, apart from them being able to save this test match it's been quite uh, quite a bit of an uh, anti climax if you ask me because I always expect Australia to come hard at us come hard at india or any team that visit them this has been kind of very meek um the way the series has progressed especially at the end of the series this last uh, 
test match at uh, SCG. I think the bowlers were completely worn out. Uh, Fetty also coming in. So I think uh, they should be happy with the draw. But let's see what go, what happens then. Uh, if India has another twist, um, you know, if if the bowlers can come up with something, if it has rain, if there is some movement available for the seamers, or if Kuldeep is again effective, like he was in the first innings, it's going to be uh, interesting. Um, from an Indian perspective, I would say go for the win, give it your all, because this yes. is your best chance to come up with three one. You know, that's amazing. It has never happened. Uh, uh, Indy. Indy. So, I mean, it's very well poised. At the same time, it's it's uh, yeah uh, down to Australia now. What what can they do? What can they do? I was looking at the weather forecast for tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. it looks like there is a 23% chance of uh, precipitation, but it'll be cloudy all round. So, effectively, uh, let's say it gives us India about uh, at best 98 overs to bowl Australia yeah. out. Mm. Uh, it's sort of unexpected that they lost about two sessions of play. So on the fourth day, uh, only about 24 overs effectively were bowled. And Australia lost all their first innings wickets and were bowled out for 300. Correct. And then uh, they uh, finished 6 for no loss uh, in this followed on innings, the third innings of the game. So here, I think uh, one thing worth mentioning is that this is the first time since 86-87 that Australia has been asked to follow on at home. So that's a nice that's a nice achievement from the Indian team, I would say. So that's something they can be proud of, nonetheless. So uh, if there was enough time, I think Kohli would have batted out those two sessions and um, given his bowlers a bit of respite. Given that they didn't uh, have to bowl a whole lot today, I think it makes sense that then follow-on is enforced. So yes, you're right. Uh, at least from the weather perspective, it may hold out tomorrow. India may get the best part of the day or most of the day to enforce the result and the 3-1 result would be a very deserving result for India in this series is my opinion they've played really well so just to look back at what happened on this test so uh, again uh, you know India batted uh, really well in the first innings which has been sort of the cornerstone of the last two tests as far as India is concerned so they put up a large total 622 for 7 and I think uh, Pujara again stood up to get counted and I think the the first first two sessions of the first day were very instrumental for me. The way Agarwal and Pujara set up the total was very good. I, I, I saw that uh, Australians did bowl with quite a lot of aggression in the first two sessions. There were quite a few body blows. Uh, literally, I think Agarwal took a few. Uh, Pujara got hit on the helmet. I think Pujara took one also on the body. So they sort of stuck it out. I thought they, bowled, they batted really well. And the other thing is in this test, you can see that uh, they had read the pitch quite right and uh, they were able to score at more than 3.3 runs an hour or throughout. And then uh, you see, of course, Agarwal uh, fails. He tries to, he, I think he did the right thing, trying to dominate Lyon very early in his spell, not letting him settle down. I think that was a team strategy. And he's a yeah. he's a very natural striker of the ball. So I think that was his role, let's say. Unfortunately, having already hit 1-6 that over, I think he went mm-hmm. for one too many. And he was dismissed for 77. But... Uh, we'll, we'll park this on the side. We can discuss Agarwal when we look at the whole series. But I think he's been one of the plus points for India in the series. True, true, very true. Yeah. Then, of course, Pujara batted on and on and on. And then he had Kohli for a while, Rahane for a while. Uh, both scoring 20s and 18, I think, for Rahane. And um, Vihari uh, helped him uh, wrap the day up very nicely. Uh, uh, so he was also looking very steady, Vihari. He looked like the right sort of foil as far as uh, Pujara was uh, concerned. And uh, the, as usual, Pujara sort of, the moment he 
finished 50 or got to 50 60 started accelerating and he was doing a very good job especially the way he played lion again something we can discuss uh, later he's he played lion so well i saw him advance to lion i think out of every four to five balls he faced three balls he would advance at lion making sure the length that lion bowled was completely relevant he used to work him through extra cover or mid wicket almost lakshman like if i may use yeah. you know so i think uh, if if you uh, if you look back uh in the series i think cheteshwar pujara was one of the only few batsmen who actually uh, came down the wicket to lion more frequently than anybody else oh well i mean yeah uh, because i think it really hurt lion he couldn't get his length right uh, yeah. and he had to get lion thinking otherwise uh, i think i think they have completely blunted out lion uh, they were able to at least uh, oh in the second in the third and the fourth test that's a big factor for me as well yeah. they did really well the other guy who batted very adventurously was of course rishabh pant this is this is a coming man of indian cricket another bonus for us from the series because he's he's 21 i mean look at the way he played he's he's become the first indian keeper to have scored 100 both mm. in england and now in australia for all the tours yeah. we've done never But, was a wicket keeper who had scored 100 can you believe that and this guy has done it in this first year of international cricket or first year of test cricket he always fun. promised this i mean uh, if you look at the whole series he yeah. had a start in every innings he played 25 30 in every innings yeah. I think the only issue was that he was mostly batting with the tail and then he had to change his game he had to play a bit more aggressively or keep uh, strike and that kind of stuff so he was not allowed to please play his uh, natural game I think and it, I think with batting with uh, Pujara helped him do that so he was able to take time you know he he played a long innings real proper test cricket Indeed. Uh, and I think that that really is a tribute uh, to his talent because he played really well and Australia were demoralized at the end of it all You know this guy yeah. is yeah. probably it's too soon to say this but uh, we see shades of Gilchrist in this guy that 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 level of that level of game changing ability we see a bit in this guy so uh, this has to be nurtured and made sure it has to grow in the right way but that's a very very positive thing as far as indian cricket yeah. is concerned because um he of course had jadeja to back him in the last i think they hit 200 in a matter of a session and a quarter or such yeah that yeah. completely deflated uh, the australian attack and uh, ensured india finished uh, 600 plus and still were able to let australia bat for a few overs on the end of the second day that that mm-hmm. is very important so that sort of dominance with the moment you score 600 it's very highly unlikely you will lose your test match the test match is safe so yeah. they have done really well there already but also they ensured australia bowled more than 160 overs mm. consecutively in consecutive innings only twice has it happened in the last 50 years apparently can you guess when was the last time when was the last time <laughs> yes. i have no idea man no no okay it's it's more yeah, of, okay. the moment i say it you are like ah so would you like to take a guess uh, australia bowling so in australia or outside of australia it, it, there is a it's outside as well so yeah could is, be the eden gardens then Exactly. So that yeah. series, where they yeah. uh, the series in uh, India in 2001, where yeah. uh, in Eden Gardens, in then they followed it in Chennai, where in consecutive tests, if I'm not wrong, yeah. they had to go for the third ball. So this is the important thing. So oh, when you amazing. make a team yeah. bowl more than uh, 160 overs, officially taking a third ball, that's a statement in itself. That usually breaks, uh, especially if it's near the end of a series, it can break teams. Uh, that that's what they they did here. I I really like that. This is proper test cricket. They made sure they bat batted out two days. Now maybe they will not have to bat again. You know, all that is there. But also they made sure Australian fast bowlers 
had to do it or actually bowlers had to stay on the field for uh, four days in a row or you know four days in six eight days of cricket you know that's fantastic so uh, if you do this in the first or one or two tests you could even wrap a series of four nil you know this is probably the next step as far as the indian test team is concerned something yeah. they're learning they're growing uh, you know you you could just forget that they were playing in australia the way they're playing for a while you know it, it could be anywhere it could be on uh, on your own pitches they were so dominant here in this test match mm-hmm. then of course on the third day australia came out fighting which was expected um harris played really well quaza actually played really well as well i think he sort of in a moment of lapse of concentration he hit to mid wicket and was dismissed otherwise it looked very promising the first wicket stand of 72 following which i think uh, again harris and uh, labushkagni or labushain the way they pronounce it so this guy played really well and they sort of set up a very nice total australia was one for 125 126 something like this they were really good set set up for you know matching india if required that's when sort of uh, two things happened one is um harry sort of was this mr jadeja playing a very loose stroke something it was not much of a very good ball it was inside edge onto the stumps it was very unfortunate but he was out that way then again the middle order was exposed here you see um there was nobody there to capitalize in in, in the indian case you saw even though kohli and uh, rahane failed we had a lower middle order who were ready to capitalize on a very good start and the most important thing there again was jadeja uh, sorry it was uh, pujara who stood there you know uh, top three batsmen staying there nearly scoring 200 runs ensuring that this dominance continues this did not happen so australia finished 236 for 6 at the end of the third day and um, sort of by then you can see if you are if you are even 230 for 3 or 234 for 4 max you you'd still think you know you could extend it to 400 you could take it to enough of a place where india would have to bat again but that went out of the window because they were six down and pat cummins was already batting with uh, hanscom uh, what do you think of hanscom's inclusion at the uh, mitchell marsh's expense for this test uh, well, and hmm? yeah go on no i think hanscom was uh, brought in because of his supposedly good ability to play spin right yeah 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 um has he done well enough I'm not sure. I think it's well, still uh, 37, 30 odd runs. It's not much. You may have who, a, who else did they have? Who else did they have apart from him? Maybe Maxwell. Yes, yes. I was yeah. there. I mean, I don't yeah. know what what this guy has done really. So uh, I don't think they handled him right at the beginning of the season. But this was a chance to sort of correct it because yeah. nothing against Hanscom. He's a good player and he is very good at spin. He, he's good, very good at playing spin. But he went back to bbl hit a couple of really quick innings there and then he was brought back i mean i don't know if that was the case or if it was just his ability to play spin but maxwell is still sitting on the sideline he's waiting this guy right mm-hmm. and he has done his part also in bbl he was also the captain of a bbl team i think they they they're doing okay and more importantly this would have given him the right sort of a message this again was another opportunity missed according to me from the australian selectors perspective he could have been your you know what the role punt played it could have been maxwell there and he could have done a similar sort of a thing he scored 120 out of 150 balls or what whatever and that would have given quite a lot of you know australia could have gone to 350 even possibly but they missed a trick there and look hanscom is good he scored 37 runs but it took him nearly 120 balls 110 balls and there's nothing wrong in that but he could not dominate the attack he was playing a standard test match innings there is nobody to hit out and the other side so Uh, the other thing that uh, australia could do was repay india in their own currency that is make their bowlers toil for more than 150 overs or whatever in this case they were able to last only 100 overs over two days 
so that was not too even 3 days that was not too taxing on the indian bowling attack that's one of the other reasons why kohli was so confident enforcing the following on you know if australia had played out those additional 40 overs they would have ensured india would have been considering batting and given that lot of time was lost in sydney on the fourth day it would have made sense that maybe australia could have easily pushed for a draw here now they still have their backs to the wall because if the weather holds out they still have to bat out 98 overs on the last day against a very rampant indian attack this is not something you take lightly right mm-hmm. so the other thing of course is uh, for me the way the indian spinners bowled uh, on the fourth day and the third day they were very good i thought kuldeep yadav was fantastic he got a bit of uh, luck in the way let's say uh, khwaja was out yeah they just hitting out to mid wicket mm-hmm. but i was very impressed with the way he bowled fantastic control you know respin is it's a very tough proposition i bowl a bit myself so uh, it's it's very tough but this guy was bowling fantastically nobody could actually pick him effectively so the most important players of spin in that lineup for me was marsh khwaja and maybe even hanscom you know and they did a very good job at least uh, they would have done a very good job but this guy bowled fantastically especially the way in which he dismissed pain and the way lion was out uh, those were like typical respinners dismissals where the ball is tossed up well outside your eye line or well above your eye line and the ball dips and uh, you're you're not sure where it's going to pitch at least uh, the way lion was out it looks like he could have referred it and could have got away he tried to sweep so those were all classic dismissals that filled me with a lot of hope look this is his first innings bowling in australia and he scored he's taken a 5r that's fantastic and he had the right guy on the other end chadeja was bowling so as usual doing the jadeja thing bowling on a template bowling perfectly right there in darts the those left arm darts yeah precisely and no yeah. but some of his dismissals were not as let's say simplistic as they looked the way shawn marsh was out yeah he was playing right? for a spin wasn't there <laughs> exactly so and uh, that that's still fine so uh, rahane took a couple of really good catches i thought yeah. the one of marnus labushain was a fantastic catch from shami it was very low down at uh, mid wicket i don't know if you saw it it was a, it was one of those yeah. things that you yeah. work on to get mm. in the wicket almost this like was Arrow, yeah you know? this was ala arrange finch uh, exactly. in the previous test yeah, yeah. where mayank yeah. kukul took that similar catch exactly it was almost like that and he yeah. they worked, worked him out yeah yeah the only thing is uh, i think i feel a bit for arrange finch i think he was a bit unfortunate to lose his place in the team my changes would have been to play glen maxwell in place of peter hanscom and retain aaron finch if possible at i don't know marnus uh, labushan had to play yeah, yeah yeah i would have played him in the middle order 4 5 6 yeah. uh, and travis said i think has done enough to retain his place so it would have been a tough call but um, i would have actually uh, maybe uh, not played the head maybe asked khwaja to open which he has done anyway mm-hmm. and retain are in pitch but it's it's a tough decision that that i completely concede yeah so it's unfortunate that uh, aaron pitch lost his place but i think he may get another go i would not completely write him off from this team the testing well, maybe he needs some uh, rest before the one day series yeah i mean because he's the captain of the one day one day no i think that's okay you know in australia they do they do think like that but i think playing in a test match would have counted for a lot more even for his confidence you know when you're on a high suppose you had played in the four test matches scored even a couple of 50s as such confidently from middle order that would have helped quite a lot for his own mindset because uh, we'll get into it later in the podcast their team has changed quite a lot for the odis right so um that's something he'll have to anyway deal with and this confidence would have helped him quite a lot so uh, just to wrap up uh, the last test 
and we can get into india's games so the in the last test what are the, what is your prediction giri india versus australia for test um i mean it's going to be tough like i said uh, but i'm hoping australia will bat out the three sessions all right uh, get something out of this series not end on a very uh, bad note you know in uh, although i think um india will snatch this i think india will uh, be able to close them out close them out yes then uh, pull out the next yeah re- remaining batsman whatever i think 10 wickets right it's still no loss no loss uh, at the end of yeah. uh, day 4 so yeah i'm hoping that happens because that's going to be very nice 3-1 will be such a fantastic feeling to have it's like winning the world cup agreed i would yeah. say yes that uh, i back the indian bowlers to take the 10 wickets in the 90 odd overs if we were to get a full day's play i'm going to back the indian bowlers to dismiss australia again and win the test match 3-1 or series 3-1 for india so let's see how it goes but one way or the other now if you want to just look i think we discussed quite a lot of it already but uh, some of the gains and uh, sort of a uh from both team perspective first if you were to look at india i think we discussed mayank agarwal i think he's done a very good job i think mm-hmm. he's sort of shown that he has a pedigree to be a long term prospect as far as opening goes for india in test yeah. matches do you agree yeah i think so at the expense of vijay so i think he uh, vijay probably has had his time yes. he has had enough chances rahul i think he still has a lot of potential he's very young and he has hit on the i mean test centuries also in australia in his debut series so yes he deserves he, a longer uh, run i think the, uh, he'll be in the yeah. pool let's say once shaw comes back i, I still see shaw as the one of the permanent fixtures along with now agarwal so vijay uh, is probably out of the picture but uh, rahul will stay and mm. uh, these three will form let's say the fulcrum of the opening slot for the league. yeah Yeah, I think hopefully. India haven't had a proper opener uh, for quite a while right I mean I they, I think Gautam Gambhir and uh, Virendra Sehwag those, those two were the uh, last known openers right Exactly sort of a stable yes. stable pair yeah okay. indeed so these two can be that Agarwal so, and Shaw or Agarwal and Rahul and Shaw between them So it, it doesn't hurt if there's a little bit of pressure you know uh, on your it's on your nice. uh, yeah. yeah it's good mm-hmm. that you are always on your toes and you're able to perform so that's good but at the end of the day i would very much like to see how agarwal they i think he'll be a, in india he'll be a bully i mean this is how i see it uh, with him and he will boss around he will boss around any spinner is is going to whack him out of the park so it is look at how a, he handled alian yeah i mean sorry that, go ahead yeah. no 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 the, the, you, you hit the point on the head because for me when the fast bowlers are not as effective in india i think this guy is going to be quite a handful along with chahus who i was really looking forward to him playing unfortunately he was injured out but his time will come he's very young so um these both i think they may be agenda setters as far as india is concerned you know it's like ala hayden and langer or one of those mm, wow. any of those really marauding opening pairs out there in test match history so these guys could be the next really positive test match opening pair for india you know that's one thing then of course pujara i think he's my man of the series uh, he i think he he was <laughs> the real difference between the two teams at least mm. in three of the four tests with his hundreds and the, his application he showed how to play on that pitch and uh, he held indian innings together multiple times and or contributed to them building a very very big total all of these together i would say he's he, he's my man of the series uh, bumrah did fantastically well uh, shami did well in patches now kuldeep has a five for you know ashwin did well in the first two tests but in spite of all this my man of the series as far as indian team is concerned is pujara and this guy is now 
least for me put to rest all the doubts that there ever were about his batting you know 300 they should stuff. never have been i mean they should never, never have been such questions come on let's yeah. leave that in yeah. the past yes that he, i agree with you there so they shouldn't have been because he deserves his place on the way he plays and there is still he has shown that there is still enough enough room for an old world test match player yeah. in in a team uh, you know it's, it's yeah it's pure mental fortitude you know it's it's that kind of mental strength you you cannot have in every person you need somebody like that in your team there was ravid previously and we remember the contributions and the number of series ravid helped set up yeah. right yeah. so this guy be that he's already done it he's played yeah. test setting so i think he deserves no more doubts in the way he plays and he should his place i'm not going to say should be taken for granted but he should deserve it on pure merit there should never be yeah. a discussion going forward whether pujara should be dropped for a rohit sharma or a rahane oh, no no unless he's injured he deserves his place in this test match team yeah, this is my so. yeah and then kohli of course did really well i would say he won one test match by himself at least or contributed uh, when he hit 100 so uh, he had pujara with him there but uh, kohli did enough for me the biggest gain is the way kohli's captaincy has improved in this series right um he has i we saw some of these we talked about dismissals about working out batsman you know in a test match old school way where mm-hmm. you plan it over three or four overs and then you slowly make sure the batsman is starved and then he makes this mistake of hitting to middle get up gully or extra cover wherever so we see we saw that sort of an approach that's the that should be the next approach see uh, i would never yeah. expect kohli to be a completely intuitive purely out and out intuitive captain ala brendan mccallum or in his uh, in his pomp a little bit of stephen fleming got no but this is still a guy who's learning the he's learned it well now and i think he's showing what he he can be going forward um, the indian test captaincy is a very contested uh, contested a very tough thing to do but i think he's shown he's good to go another 3 4 years maybe even till the end of his career if he can stretch it out what do you think um yeah i think i, I think he he sets the uh, right attitude he comes up with the right attitude for his teammates to follow so he's leading by example um yeah i think he has also got a good uh, backroom staff the coaching staff are also very good they are coming with coming up with right suggestions for him and he is able to implement them supported by his bowlers so i think he has got a really good team going uh and uh, i think uh, the, the, i think there was an article some time ago uh, i don't know who wrote it but Uh, the complete fitness regimen of the indian team has changed ever since kohli uh, has been the captain so he has brought on a new culture of fitness so all your fast bowlers are really fit they can bowl flat out for uh, yeah 20 plus overs in a in a day that's very nice so i think all in all he i i have actually um, i initially thought uh, that he would not be the right uh, captain for uh, indian cricket team considering his uh, Uh, attitude back then not attitude but i can say behavior back then he was quite volatile he was very emotional but he has yeah. changed so i think on that front he has made a lot of improvement uh, also i would i would credit his uh, partner anushka sharma possibly maybe there is a role there for her uh, that she possibly yeah i think he <laughs> yes yeah, uh, hmm. helps this but at the end of the day look we have to say all your points are very relevant Indian team is more professional, better drilled down, more fit. All of this thanks to the backroom staff and Kohli's personal approach. He brings this across to the team. You're right. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. So, uh, you know, in terms of volatility, probably three, four years is usually, or even four to five years is maximum as a captain of a Test match team. They say, but this guy could could 
could go on for a bit longer unless something really drastic happens i would say he should be able to stretch it out another 2 to 3 years at least right how old is you know he's 30 he just turned 30 just 30 yes so wow the world is ahead indeed i think it's a three, three i think he can be captain for until he's 35 or so like graeme smith for example yeah yeah that yeah, he could so. he could effectively captain 70 80 or more tests you know yeah. that, that, that's quite an achievement could be the most much. successful uh, test captain ever in india ever had he also so. yeah. i think max ganguly in the number of uh, when he when he finishes i yeah. when he finishes yes 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 he could very much finish as the most successful test captain for india he's already matched ganguly when it comes to the number of abroad overseas wins you know for india yeah. and i think that will be fantastic he mm. he will be going into uncharted territory as you say so he has quite a few things also from the one day and world t20 sort of mm. goals i'm sure but from test matches itself he may really be uh, the next milestone as far as indian captains are concerned that, that's something i'm really happy to see his evolution as a captain and of yeah. course i think he's at his peak as a batsman and i hope he continues mm. for a couple more years you know and and i think his team also uh, if you take the average age of the current indian team i don't think that it crosses 30 Indeed. So he has, yeah, yeah. He, he has a team. I think he can lead for another two to three years. Maybe a stable team with the yes. current set of players, providing that their form is good enough. You know, so, you brought mm. it. So I'll, I'll just quickly go there. Mm. Is this team good enough to be the number one for a couple more years to come? Do you think? Can they sustain it? They are already number one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point. Can they continue? Well, can... Which is the next Test series coming up? There is nothing until the World Cup. I know. Uh, after uh, the world cup I've looked it up as well I've not looked it up but okay uh, I think there will be something in India after the world cup probably and then uh, so there is not much test cricket to be played for the next half a year or so for India uh, so it's going to be interesting so it will be a dormant period will they come back fresh after the world cup what's going to happen I'm not sure there's Zimbabwe tour of India before the world cup where they play a test and three ODIs then there's the IPL then there's the ICC Test Championship, which officially kicks off in July, correct? So, um, then India Tour West Indies. I'm just telling you, in 2019, India has two more test engagements, right? One is the one-off test against Zimbabwe. The other is a two-match test series against West Indies in West Indies, right? Then India Tour, mm-hmm. uh, that's South Africa Tour India. This is uh, October 2019. Then in November, Bangladesh Tour India. And then in December, West Indies Tour India. Uh, but West Indies Tour doesn't have any tests. So, as far as India is concerned, they have 2, 3, 2, 1. So, in this year, they will play um, nine more tests. So, it, it, it's very mouth-watering. For me, uh, all of those except the West Indies are at home. So, that's very good. Um, so, uh, for now, I think it's... It, 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 I would say they are very nicely set up. Um, India, India are visiting Australia again in 2020. the winter of 2020 they are visiting australia again right so i would like to see if they return to that tour as a number one team in world in the world that would be fantastic that's something i would really look forward to so maybe maybe this indian team who have already been world number one for better part of a year if i'm not wrong i would be really curious to see if they can extend it to another 2 to 3 years you know all, all one of the real um, measures of being uh, great is also the longevity okay now um, coming to the indian middle order especially guys like rahane how do you think they they have done ajit uh, what's your opinion so for me um, i was a bit disappointed with the way rahane played 
he's the vice captain of the team and we don't know his contributions behind the scene of course but i expected a bit more from this guy in terms of performances on field i don't think he had even a single 50 in this series and that that's a bit I disappointing i think he had one he had one okay yeah. but still it's a you know eight innings four test match series of such an important uh, you know i think he, he was not he was a bit underwhelming but that's okay uh, i think now if another series goes like this i'm worried his place in the team may come under scrutiny because he's coming off a very uh, narrow patch of performance or very yeah, but I, i think the way he played uh, he was trying to counter attack the australian bowlers you remember that uh, he did some uppercuts uh, against the fast bowlers when they were peppering him was that in uh, mcg i think that was at the mcg hmm, hmm. Uh, he 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 tried to enforce things when the pace was really slow i think that so part, i think he had a specific that. role Mm, yes maybe. exactly exactly yeah. uh, no but what i have seen previously in the other tours if i remember right he is successful when he is sort of an agenda setter he will never be a pujara right he or he will never be one of those people who is going to block his way to 100 in a day for him a very productive one and a half sessions is all he needs mm. right mm. with that in mind i would say um that's his natural game that's not a problem and sort of it fits into him being an enforcer as you say uh, that's okay Uh, for me as long as he can perform you know score a very effective uh, 100 or an effective 80 or even a 70 uh, because uh, i think that was missing in the test match that india lost at on perth his contributions were sort of something that i felt uh, let india down so one of among many others mm-hmm. let's say right so it was unfortunate that uh, he could not uh, count uh, you know stand up to be counted that's okay then coming to vihari so for me vihari sort of uh, had a middling sort of a tour he did play most of the test matches and uh, all of them in fact so uh, i think he he um, it was he was asked to open he tried his best uh, he looked good in the first two test matches he looked good also in the last one uh, where he was unfortunately to be dismissed on 42 it looked like because he was given out it couldn't be pulled back uh, or turned yeah turned down yeah, yeah. Turned. So uh, let's say let's say uh, for me he did not come of age on this tour but he has shown enough promise mm. that he deserves to be continued in the team my most important uh, thing as far as vihari for uh, me is to not make the same mistake that was done with karun nair do you agree mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure i think karun nair deserved more chances uh, he was there with the uh, team during the england tour but not given a chance i think i have some um, Yeah, let me keep my remarks to myself. I think <laughs> no, you can you can air them out. It's okay. That means ours is an opinion podcast. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. but then I think he he should have been given a chance in England. They shouldn't have allowed uh, Vihari to play. They should have allowed Karun to play then because he was also part of the team there. And uh, he had scored a he has scored a triple hundred uh, in Test cricket. So that's no mean feat. Even though it was in India, I think it's still a long innings. You should consider yes. those things. Uh, yeah, he's he's only the. second ever triple century right so exactly so um i put it like this i think there were more things going on than were visible in the england mm-hmm. tour we don't know what they are right mm-hmm. we may never know it that's okay but at the end of the day uh, he did deserve to play and maybe vihari sort of pipped him because vihari bowled or bowls right so maybe that was one of the things that worked in vihari's favor but it doesn't matter when you have a guy who's already on tour and who's been sort of your squad he gets the chance is the next cab of the rank as they say so um just coming back to vihari i would say this is a mistake i am hoping that the management does not do with him he gets a continuous run at least for the rest of 
this year if that's something that's very idealistic but i, I hope so so there are many home tests he scores 100 he sorts of bets down and i've seen enough in this guy's batting and enough in the mm. way he approaches the game this <coughs> he has a temperament he has the right temperament for test cricket so exactly. that's good right and he he could form a very a very useful let's say middle order foil for uh, pujara or rahane or kohli in in a way and more importantly to the lower middle order when mm. pant attacks if this guy can stay on the other end and give him the sort of uh, stability him for example uh, between him and ashwin they could be the ballast they could be the stable influences whereas jadeja and pant would attack so in an indian game you would expect both jadeja and ashwin will play and then that would make a mouth watering lord and lord for me this could be the absolute perfect lord mid lord you know yeah. this could most uh, champion test match sides always had a very strong lord mid lord if you take the uh, australian team in the 90s to early 2000s right or whatever yeah. so they had gilchrist coming in and they always had a very attacking number 6 demian martin or you know darren lehman one of these guys who could sort of stabilize and on the other hand this guy would just tee off right gilchrist mm. So that's what does this leave where does this leave uh, Rohit Sharma then that is an excellent question because he he did a very good job as well in this test series i think in the couple of couple of opportunities he got i think his uh, uh, 69 in the third test was very important right mm. it ensured india scored yeah. 440 instead of 350 or some such yeah. you know yeah. that was good and uh, when it comes to those sort of things uh, i think rohit sharma did did enough again to be a part of the squad but mm. in indian but will be part of playing 11 yeah yes i don't see him a part of the playing conditions because i think he was basically chosen on this tour because he's he's a guy who plays uh he's a touch player he's a back also. yeah yeah and yeah. also he plays very well off the back foot yes so and uh, pulling and hooking and those kinds of things yeah. exactly and he has yeah. enough experience as an international cricketer now to suit his game uh, mm. given the pitch would be bouncy or whatever so mm. i would say he would be a part of the squad but he may not get to play many, many test matches going forward he would be one of those guys would be in the squad who would get up game when one of the mm, regulars are injured or are um, have are unavailable let me put it like that so mm. that's my count on rohit sharma so yes we discussed a lot on pun going forward quickly so uh pant uh, i think is the coming man as we already discussed so i think we have said most of the things that we need to say about pant i'm really really excited about this guy and i hope he he's able to translate the um, potential into a performance and a long successful career as far as indian team is concerned that would be perfect you know he's also a good a, babysitter right so yes so he's already <laughs> he's also building on his credentials Yeah, so that's nice. Yeah. Now, I mean, there are other big people out there. Uh, Ambani's daughter got married, so he may have another opportunity later down the career to do some more babysitting, you know, and to a more, uh, let's say, uh, a slightly higher cost per hour or whatever. So we'll see. <laughs> so um, at the end of the day, uh, then that leaves the bowlers. So for me, uh, I would like to leave the fast bowlers to the end and Bumrah to the last because I have a few things to say, but. How, what do you think about the spinners? So we have Ashwin, we have Jadeja, we have Kuldeep, right? Exactly. So, uh, if India are playing a test match in India, I would always play Kuldeep. Interesting. And uh, it would be either Ashwin or Jadeja on the other end. All right. So I'm I'm uh, I, I'm a really big fan of Ashwin. Yes. I hope he comes back uh, after his injury uh, layoff. I don't know how bad his injury is. Uh huh. uh but ashwin is a match winner uh, yes. on indian pitches 
no he has 300 plus wickets right so he's not is uh, um so i i would play ashwin and kuldeep in my test matches providing they are up to full fitness both of them jadeja is a good uh, uh, how do you call it? he can control the flow of runs he can bowl really tight lines not allow uh, batsmen to play any uh, loose shot not loose shots but uh, expansive shots he's is very good he's disciplined uh, but i would still i will have i would have ashwin and uh, kuldeep in my playing 11 um ashwin is how how old is he now 32 33 something like yeah, that yeah early 30 he has probably another 3 to 4 years left in his uh, ah years, maybe so. more he's more a, yeah he's a spinner okay. okay okay yeah go on go on uh who else do we have uh, oh yeah we we also have yuzvendra chahal but he's he's not played a test cricket right is he, has he been uh, no uh, i don't know i don't think they see him as a test mm. match option but okay, okay. so to limit yeah. ourselves to the options that were used in the series yeah. i'm going to say Yes, the spinners did a very good job. Ashwin was good in the first two tests. Jadeja was very good in the second, the third and the fourth. And Kuldeep has been, as we discussed, a revelation as far as bowling in Australia is concerned. So, uh, I think they still have a very important job, Jadeja and Kuldeep, tomorrow to win the match for India. But mm. my take is, if I were to just quickly respond to what you said, uh, as far as Indian pitches are concerned, Ashwin is still the number one spinner for me. Mm. So he has his place, and for me, because he also bats, you can. you can have a batsman less you can play the five bowler theory you know it mm-hmm. helps right mm-hmm. but for me as a some point in time i think in the previous episode we talked about it ashwin's uh, effectiveness is always more when there is jadeja on the other hand who's able to uh, not give away too many runs and keep it very tight and jadeja himself is no less of a spinner on in, indian pitches because of the kicking yeah. up the fourth and the third fourth fifth days you know so he can be a match winner by himself for me therefore the top two spinners as far as indian playing conditions come in are ashwin and jadeja kuldeep will be the third spinner whenever there's a third spinner required but you could be right india could sort of you know throw it up there and say you three are the spinners for me any two of you three will play and leave it at that you know yeah and kuldeep is still young so he has uh, he is the future he is the he future. will be the future match match winner especially on indian wickets uh, even abroad see that's the point of yeah us. yeah that's yeah so no, that's fantastic so uh, for me i would say just what we discussed about these three guys the three openers would be uh, more or less same but ashwin would have a little bit of a more of a uh, seniority as well as uh, pedigree that he's earned his place in the team mm-hmm. so that's my take going forward so coming to the quicks so we had uh, i think the same three quicks more or less play every test if i'm not wrong so there was uh, i think umesh yadav and who did not was the only addition yeah Yeah, he played at Perth, but I think uh, that was the only occasion yes. when we had more. Uh, for me, and Ishan didn't play in SCG at SCG. Yeah, of course. No, but for me, look. So let's let's look at uh, Ishan, Shami, and Bumrah as our main fast bowlers, and we can just have a word on Umesh. For me, I'll do it right away because Umesh was a bit disappointing in uh, Perth. I thought he was a bit too uh, all over the place. He could not. he could not bring any sort of consistency he was he was incisive that's his role of course he's not expected to be consistent but um he was a bit too much all over the place for me right uh, i think he may have let the management down a little bit in my opinion but uh, when it comes to the other three i think they are the main reason why india has won this test match series you know the batsmen have been good batsmen have been good in the past never has an indian captain had the luxury of such a sort of bowling attack with him when he stored no prod i think these three and they have converted it to results so i would like to squarely place this entire series victory on the shoulder of these three bowlers ishant who's the let's say the workhorse, workhorse indeed yeah. 
and but he's good with the new ball he's not just a workhorse but he's also very good with the new ball and shami complements him perfectly with his pace and incisiveness but his effectiveness with the old ball and yeah, bumrah is second innings of course second innings yeah. and then bumrah is the most complete fast bowler at this moment of time out there it may change in the next test match of course but for me he has really been a revelation i mean uh, we've talked about it at length i guess in the last uh, episode as well but this guy may not have a long career may not have a career of 100 test matches 80 test matches but if he's still playing 35 tests 40 tests 50 tests if he's this effective every time i would say if possible don't uh, go too much with him on indian pitches let him play abroad and let him get one or two tests in an indian test series just like how you, what you're doing with umesh yadav treat him that way in, on indian test series but his touring abroad his fee becomes very important so if you could use those 30 40 tests even if it yeah. means for a period of 7 or 8 10 years that he plays abroad mainly just That's like philander just like south africa do with philander of course but philander is also very effective in home conditions subcontinent Yes, he doesn't have to play in subcontinent. I'm saying no, Philander, his home is very effective. So Philander plays at home. No, I'm not talking about home. It's more more about pitches which are uh, supportive towards uh, fast bowlers or seeing. Exactly. Know. So if you yeah. ever have a very fast Chandigarh pitch or a very fast pitch yeah. somewhere else, you know, play him. Yeah, exactly. That would be the one test match he plays every series. So I think uh, in India as well, we have learned that you know, there is no point in preparing pitches that finishes a uh, test match in three to four days and you have to have enough balance. So mm-hmm. there would be at least one or two test matches a series where there is enough bounce and there is enough carry that a fast bowler is still in the game. Correct? That would be the test match Umrah may play along with any other bowler that's ready. Uh, so for me, uh, that's how I would like to see his utility so that he's a real... Test match winner abroad for India, and I would like to retain that. And if required, cut down his work in uh, IPL, cut down his work in one days, whatever it takes, man. You don't get test match winners like this. Test match winning fast bowlers for India. This is like gold dust. So I would say, please, please try to see how you can extend his career. We don't have to see him burn out in the next three four years of bowling all the time. I would rather see him seven or eight years get a fifty test match career, but a very effective one. Right? This is my take on Bumrah. Anything to add? Anything to Differ, agree? Up, no, I fully agree. Yeah, you summed it up very nicely. Right. Uh, he, he, we have to preserve Bumrah. Uh, Bumrah, sorry. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I, that's that's the main message here. We need him for the long run. Exactly, and I really hope the team sees it, uh, the um, the way I have been talking about it, and they are able to give him more and more Test matches abroad, and sort of save him from the shorter formats and the T20 games. You know, let's see. Mm-hmm. All right, that is that. So, uh, unless you have anything more to add, we can move on to the Australian team. Let's move on. All right. So, with the Australian team, I would say uh, they are they are a bit underwhelming. We we knew uh, going into the series, India were the favourites for a reason, of course, right? But uh, I was hoping there would be more of a fight put up by this Australian team. What do you think? I'm really disappointed. I'm really disappointed because the the trio. The, the fast bowling trio of uh, Stark, Hazelwood, and uh, Cummins. Um, I think we spoke about this earlier also, Ajit. Uh, that Stark was was there and then he was not there. So I think uh, that hurt them a bit because he is a tearaway fast bowler who can make an impact. And uh, how many wickets has he taken this series? I think it must be 12 or 13. Uh, yeah. We we don't seem to remember uh, <laughs> anything. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the point. So, you hit yeah, you so. hit the nail on the head, I think, because. He's been absent. That's the point. So he's the spirit of this attack, you know. 
together they are very exciting stark hazelwood and cummins would win you matches anywhere even on a dead subcontinent pitch i would back this uh, oh this bowling attack to take wickets so this guy is no swing chicken so he's had nearly 200 wickets so um That's has, the thing. He has now. He has 200, right? No, he hasn't. Uh, oh, he's still one shot. Okay. Big stuff. So, so wow. look, in this okay. test series, he's mm-hmm. taken all of six. I think he's been, uh, let's say, he's been more effective than it comes across in uh, Perth and uh, Adelaide. But um, it's 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 not. He's not really come out and taken those five fours or those. real incisive spells that you expect from a guy of his pace his you know uh, experience because hazelwood is your banker he's the guy that holds the attack in one place cummins mm-hmm. and stark are the attacking options right so hazelwood is the long term uh, let's say prospect where he's like a magra he'll keep one and tied up so the other guys can take the wickets that's the place where he has sort of not delivered unfortunately i think cummins had a very incisive spell we all appreciated what he did on the third test right in spite of uh, six he took a six part right yeah. so and he he's been very effective even though he's not taken wickets he's been very effective hazelwood was sort of 80% of where he needed to be but he was still there he was more or less doing his work for me mm-hmm. right the sort of together they could not really make enough of a impact so he has taken um, let's say almost 10 wickets this series but mm-hmm. that's that that in itself is not the most important thing because he's not had those 15 20 minute mercurial spells where yeah. uh, position loses three or four wickets and you, you know this remark by Shane one uh, about stark saying mm-hmm. that stark uh, looks li- really flat he's not trying hard or is uh, already given up something like that and then stark has responded saying uh, if i keep listening to shane one then i will have to retire exactly uh, he, so, has he has a point he has a point everybody is go ahead go one was a harsh attack what did you mm-hmm. think He was harsh, but I was just pointing out the truth there. He, his look at uh, Stark's body language. His mm. shoulders had dropped. He was not really excited, you know, when he took the new ball on, especially with the old ball when he starts reverse swinging. You know, the, he's very good with those full swinging yorkers. Exactly. Uh, we didn't see a lot of them. I mean, he, he had kind of given up. I think he, I don't know where his mojo went. Maybe the between some... between the Ashes and uh, this series uh, with India, uh, you know, in, in Australia. So in, in South Africa, I did see him bowl a very nice spell. Um, I think which test was it? Was it the second test match? I don't remember which one it was. Okay. But he had a very good uh, spell with the uh, with the old ball, a lot of reverse swinging balls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After that, uh, in in this series, I didn't see a lot of reverse swing uh, from him. If there was some, it was few and far between, and they were not as effective as uh, they were earlier. I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to uh, rub things the wrong way, but. No, is I it think... because of something that happened? As in something that has not happened? Not off the pitch. Uh, you know, uh, is this because of the way they have maintained the ball? Yeah, could be. Are you hinting at uh, his effectiveness was heightened with some, let's say, yeah. tactics? That when something came out, yeah. Good. When something uh, was brought out. Yeah. Could be, man. Could be. But I'm just thinking, look, for me... Mm. there are two aspects to this one is the reverse swinging aspect the other is the effectiveness when it when it comes to his pace and his you know his body language being aggressive and him being you know very potent in his bowling so uh, you are absolutely right uh, in my case i don't think he the, his uh, effectiveness has been reduced by presence or lack of certain tactics that may or may not have been used by the australian team previously but mm. i'm going to say 
his body language was down that's why i agree with you he didn't look like this guy who had who was in your face he probably is not always in your face but when you get that blood pumping and you when you get a couple of really good balls in the right place you see this test match dynamic changing when people like him are bowling that never happened in the series this i totally agree with you right yeah. something that probably he's had a just a quieter series i would say but it was unfortunately coinciding with the fact that the rest of the australian batting order was not firing and this guy needed to turn up badly so that's why it's it's shown him in a very wrong light or yeah, yeah? Mm. but i would say that's all there is to it and probably in australia alone, i hope so i yeah, really yeah, hope so because i would really li- i mean i told you earlier i i also mentioned this in our first podcast that i really like fast bowlers real tear away fast bowlers doing well <laughs> you know in test cricket yes yes uh, that keeps my i mean that gets my blood pumping as well i really like to you know I think like it's the to same see everywhere yeah everywhere yeah. people like to see so when for example when kahiso rabado is bowling uh, i really want to see him bowl you know i want to see those 5 6 6 over spell because uh, it's quite yes. exciting uh, so uh, i would really like to uh, see stark bowl there you know he come it's back uh, yeah yes. brilliant for let's see what he does in sri lanka with sri lanka though uh, yeah yeah i think i think they make it the brunt of it <laughs> all all the talk that's been going on and yeah. uh, he has been fired up enough to go flatten out uh, sri lankans which would be unfortunate but i don't mind that uh, i'm happy as an indian fan that didn't happen this series and i'm also sort of uh, you know looking forward to him ga- gaining back his mojo or getting his you know the yeah. edge back into bowling right isn't this perfect. kind of happened also with uh, mitchell johnson uh, sometimes that he was off and then he was on again it happens man see yeah. even uh, i think mitchell johnson had all of 300 wickets or some such i mean uh, he played only 70 75 tests so i'm going to say yeah these are special bowlers sometimes you know they turn up and they can change the series in a matter of a session sometimes or sometimes they don't turn up and mm. they're not as effective this guy will never land it on a same pitch on the same place mm. every time right so um let's see let's see but yes you're right their contribution was sort of not as um, as much as was expected because and their... i really have to mention this though uh, i read an article about mohammad um, shami on cricket uh, info that he has bowled the most number of deliveries in a calendar year yes uh, for a for a seamer well done him and well done the indian uh, team management yeah well, exactly so and he, he was also very effective right i mean he's not like he's yes. leaking away runs on uh, one uh, one end while the other guy is uh, bowling he's really always there or thereabouts yeah exactly so yeah hmm. so is, india did not do well that well in england at although the um, Uh, the end score line suggests that uh, uh-huh. there was no fight between them but he did bowl well there it was not it was not up to the bowlers the bowlers were always there exactly. the bowlers were doing their work so the if, if you look at his body language it doesn't suggest anything at the same time when he comes out to bowl he bowls with his heart out i would that's what i would like to see from a fast bowler now that's what i read also kicking for right he is one of those mm. dream bowlers as far as a captain exactly yeah you have two of those sharma aishan sharma and him yeah. so that's 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 why i said it's sort of ideal never has an indian captain had this sort of a lineup mm-hmm. okay so coming to that's the australian team so mm-hmm. yes the fast bowlers was not were not as effective but for me lion sort of lost a little bit of the edge after the second test match he he's taken 17 wickets in the first two tests so we mm-hmm. were all sort of i was sort of very much keyed up hoping you know this guy would make the difference in the, in the next two tests which would be mcg and scg where he would be more suited let's say unfortunately he couldn't carry that on and i think pujara and uh, indian batting has to be given a bit of credit in the way they handled him mayank especially mayank uh, as well i think it started with uh, uh, the mcg test where uh, exactly. mayank took him out yeah 
Exactly. So yeah. th- they did a very good job there, and they made sure sort of his lines and lengths were broken, and the drift he was getting was sort of taken out of the equation. Just it's a very confidence thing as well, right? Sometimes it's mm. the same place you pitch, but it's the way you're bowling that it helps. So I think uh, the Indian batting can take a bit of credit for that, that they were able to take this guy's effectiveness out, yeah. and also uh, between them the bowlers more or less did as much as they could, but the batsmen never, never stood up. So coming to the batting side of it. Uh, they don't have a hundred yet in the series, if I'm not wrong. Correct? They don't have a hundred no. four match series, which is unheard of from an Australian batting lineup. Who are so effective? Their batsmen, their top four are enough most of the time. In a, in any of those captain teams, they had Hayden, Langer, or Ponting, and if one of these guys missed out, there was always a Martin or a Gilchrist. If you go back all the way, even to the previous champion generation, there was always a Steve Waugh or a, a Mark Waugh, and they also had fantastic openers. Right, mm-hmm. so uh, this is this is quite something. Um, they they kept out a generation of batsmen. Those those champion teams they kept generations of batsmen out because of their effectiveness. So that was the thing that was missing here. There was no agenda setting opener. There was no middle order batsman who could seize the initiative. So sort of they were lacking in many ways, and it showed up. It also showed up very clearly in the result. So this has been the main the main problem for me. They don't have enough settled positions in the middle order or at the top. Mm-hmm. who could make these telling contributions or who could take the fight back to the batting line yeah. so it is the overall team that has failed yes not the individuals but the team uh, itself look taking smith and warner did not help at all those guys were sort of covering a lot of the deficiencies that were present in the team mm-hmm. now it has come into stark contrast that they are not there and stark is a pun intended i suppose <laughs> so um otherwise you would see that these guys were good these guys were so good that they were able to uh, cover up over all these small things they did lose 3-0 in sri lanka they did were not doing well in south africa preventing or leading to what happened right out there so i would say now it's it's, it's probably there at a, a low ebb i think they will bounce back but it may take more than just a couple of series is what i predict for the australian testing at least and right? tim pain tim pain do you think will uh, continue to be the captain He's for the Sri Lanka series. I don't think they will change. That definitely, yet. definitely. The, my opinion is he would go on, uh, but once Smith returns, by the time Ashes comes around after the World Cup, right? I would say Smith will be forced, in air quotes, to take over because there are not enough results. See, you can be an Australian captain only based on results. It will never happen in Australia that you do two tours, lose them badly, and you still retain the captaincy, as it happened with India previously, right? So. Uh, it'll it'll just be brought into focus and they'll say thanks you're really good we would like to retain you in the team you're good as a keeper and as a senior statesman mm-hmm. but that's it thank you right that's that's how i expect it will go yeah. so uh, we spoke about it when he said the temporary captain think he'll just become the senior <laughs> statesman in the team all right so um, at the end of the day it's unfortunate he was not blessed with the sort of team most captains would like but then it's it's a transitional period right they have gone through a few of these australian teams in india you also gone through those but it's not been so stark uh, from the crests and the the troughs as far as the australian yeah. team is concerned we've been there or there about and sometimes when you don't perform too well people sort of say yeah 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 it happened even last year or last two years these guys have had uh, generations generations of champion batsmen and then suddenly when these troughs troughs happen yeah, there is a big void there i think they don't have a standout batsman at the moment Exactly. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm hoping Khawaja had a middling to good series. I was hoping he would, he would, he would, he would still do it. He would score the first hundred of 
the series for australia he might still do it tomorrow and i'm hoping he, he does still do it yeah indeed yeah yes. right? one session well one session may not happen but no. i think you will i'm just kidding <laughs> i know what you mean i think he'll just pick it out and uh, i would i would think him and sean marsh and uh, travis head and to a large extent even uh, marcus harris these top four or five would have to really stick yeah. it out tomorrow if they have to say right. right that's a good opportunity for all of them to get into the runs as well and address that so yeah that's more or less a round up so effectively who's your man of the series from india and from it has to be pujara it has to be pujara i i can't i can't debate you on that at all for me it's pujara as well but maybe it's bumra if you were to sort of because we are all happy but bumra got only one wicket uh, in the first innings here yes if you what if he had one for tomorrow okay but i still think it it needs to be pujara he is the backbone of this he was, he was uh, the difference between the teams he is my man yeah. of the series yeah. and for australia whom do you think is a man of the series <laughs> should there be one uh, shouldn't there be i mean i'm saying let's give okay, okay. yeah okay if, if, from a neutral perspective i would say because of his attitude and uh, the way he uh, you know turns up every time he tries to bowl or back it has to be pat cummins i guess so unless uh, you have 110 not out or something from Usman Khawaja tomorrow. Uh, but I think I think uh, it will be in a losing cause even if Usman Khawaja is uh, going to make that. Well, man, let's call him Usman Khawaja. We are from the subcontinent. He's Usman Khawaja because he's not Usman or Osman but it's Khawaja so never you mind. Khawaja. Yeah, okay. I interrupted you. All right. Let's I think I started it. I just called him Khawaja and I think you followed it up. But he's Khawaja. So anyhow, um So now if we are done with this giri let's go on to the next one which would be the Sri Lanka sorry the Pakistan and South Africa test shall we go there yeah let's do that all right so uh, while we were uh, sort of recording this we see that South Africa have wrapped up the second test match and uh, they scored the 40 runs required uh, with a little bit of drama i think uh, Hashim Amla was injured out and they lost a wicket. I think uh, Markram was injured in the fourth innings. So, Theonist Brown was pro- promoted to open but he couldn't last too long and he was out. So, effectively, South Africa now 2-0 and very much headed towards a 3-0 what I had predicted a bit cheekily in the previous episode. So, what do you think of Pakistan's performance this test? Um, first innings, disappointing. Second innings, impressive because they fought back well. Yes. Uh, and that's it i mean they lost it in the first innings yes i sort of agree with you so here uh, unfortunately their first innings uh, total was too too less 177 on that pitch it was a spicy pitch they had, they got the worst of the conditions as well because south africa won the toss and inserted them in but that's it that is just match cricket doesn't it you have to play out the first couple of sessions on a very spicy pitch if that's what is required but then if you get 400 with the attack you have you are able to sort of stick it to the opposition so they missed out on that again shan masood was good in the first innings uh, sarfraz ahmed finally shrugged off a bit of the weight yeah but i'm really unhappy the way uh, he got out it was a reckless shot he shouldn't have been playing that shot sarfraz sarfraz yeah how, how was I, it again caught i think he was caught behind he was caught behind he, he went ah, back yes. for a wide I, one yeah i think he tried to get one too many behind point sort of stand up and try to glide it down backward of kali points mm. you know and i think he nicked it from the he was able to score some runs of course uh, but then i think he had a start he should have continued because amir on the other end was taking a lot of blows yes duan olivier wow he was oh yeah man this he guy was hostile he was really hostile 
and Amir was taking so many balls and was still continuing. So Sarfraz should have thought more about uh, thought more before playing that shot because I think Amir we should have supported Amir. They could have I they could have gone beyond 250 if, if they had uh, played together exactly. for some more time. Another no, time. I would have I would have thought they were capable of more. If you remember, in mm-hmm. my mind I almost went back to this Perth Test match a few years back with Dumini and uh, Stein. If you remember, they were able to bat. So they were in a similar sort of a position, but it was the second innings. And mm-hmm. I think Dumini scored a 170 or 160, and Staines scored a 60 plus, and that changed the whole complexion of the Test match, and they won the Test match, mm-hmm. right? So I was so hoping this would be one of those instances because that would have been a fitting reply from a Pakistan team, where these guys are sort of stuck, but uh, they find themselves. They always are able to fight out of a corner. That's always been the hallmark of a Pakistan yeah. team. That mm-hmm. was I almost was like so hoping, guys, come on, this is it, this is it. You are you have got the bit in between your teeth. Yeah. You just have to go through it. Another session you play out, you'll get to a point where exactly, yeah. you're top. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. And you know, this happened uh, sometime in India. I think maybe 20 years ago in India during the 99 series. I think mm-hmm. Pakistan were down to 20 odd for five or six. Yeah. And then they fought back to around 200. Moin Khan, I think, made a played a century or something like that. Yeah. So I was expecting that kind of fight back. So I, uh, Sarfraz Ahmed should uh, do better than that. He's the captain, I know, but as he was, he was playing as a batsman on that occasion. He should have done uh, better than. Agree, agree with you. Yeah. So they, they left too much of a gulf. I think they started really well on the second day, and they sort of reduced South Africa to four down. Mm. Even for the lead could be taken, but then there, I think exactly what those guys did: Fafu Plessy and Bobuma. I think Bobuma has a very low average. I think mid thirties, but that's very well earned average. I would say it's, he's never scored an easy run. I think all his runs are tough runs. Even in mm. the first test match, he scored a tough pass century when the team was down. Right. Mm, he scored only one test century, I see. So that's okay. But all of his runs were scored in crisis. Is what every time I mean, when you look at his scoring, if he scored a 50, the team was in trouble. <laughs> he did that again. But this time, Fafu Plessy was able to uh, guide him through those innings, and then that was the real difference there. Even Quinton de couldn't do too much. He scored a 40 odd, if I'm not wrong. But uh, I think that performance widened the gulf so much that the lead was 250 plus, or you know, that's usually a match-winning lead. And they were able to indeed convert it. So, uh, in the second innings, I thought Pakistan played really well. So, again, Shan Masood opened and did a very good job. Asad Shafiq sort of went out very bravely and uh, took, took. I think yeah, he was score, outscoring Shan Masood even though he got there to the pitch much later. Yeah. And then, Babar Azam did his bit. I think Babar Azam is the coming guy as far as Pakistan team is concerned. He may have put his, put his uh, let's say, hat... Square. He has been for some time. Yeah, but in the test matches, he's now maturing very nicely. Very nice. Also, in the first test, he scored a tough half century when the chips were down. This test, he's done it. That is the key. So, he's sort of showing that his maturity... He, look, his talent is in, never in doubt. He, we have seen what he can do in the shorter formats. His talent is never in doubt. It's the temperament that you have to build. Or the temperament that you have to show that you are able to play when the chips are down. He's doing that. He's done this twice. Away, that counts for a lot for me. Right, he may have thrown his hat squarely in the ring as far as the captaincy options are concerned, but not in the short term. Maybe immediately after the World Cup. Right, mm. this is my this is my take on it. So, anything to add as far as the batting lineup for Pakistan is concerned from you? Um, I think Azhar Ali is a disappointment. Uh, yeah, yeah, he should I, do better. He's the most experienced batsman, I think, right, in their team. So, uh, in the current lineup. 
I think uh, Shafiq was under uh, pressure. He has responded, but yeah. to do more, uh, we already discussed it in the last test. Yeah. Azhar Ali's struggles in this test match, his and Fakhar Zaman's, are sort of properly in focus of what's happening there. Azhar Ali was worked out beautifully in both the innings by Duan Oliver. If you look at it, you know uh, he sort of scared um, Azhar Ali into sort of Azhar Ali's technique was all over the place suddenly. This is a guy who's played 60 plus tests. He scored a triple hundred in tests. This is no mug with a bat by any stretch of the imagination. But just the way Duan Oliver has roughed him up in the first two tests, his footwork was all over the place. He was, was looking like a leg before candidate because he was shuffling across. He was not getting forward or back decisively. You know, that is what a good fast bowler can do. This we have seen multiple times. I mean, Mitchell Johnson nearly ended the career of Jonathan Trott, right? So it can happen. And Duan Oliver has shown that again, and just it probably adds to the excitement of why we look forward to fast bowlers bowling in tests, mm-hmm. right? So uh, again, now segueing into um, Fakhar Zaman, it uh, he's I was hoping he would still get to open in this test, or he was played down at number six in the second innings, which was a bit weird for me. But then he was he he had again a chance. Look, he was there at 200. His team was 200 and. This was again a chance for him to score a, even a quick 50 or a 60 to show that he's there in the fight, right? Mm. I, I don't care that the result would have really changed, but then it would have shown that his worth in the team is still valid, and he's this he has enough between his ears because that's all there is at the end of the day in a Test match. I would think in a pressure situation, and he failed to show that temperament. That's unfortunate for me, right? So, yeah. uh, bowlers of South Africa. Bowlers for South Africa to Van Olivier. Yep, it's all yeah. about him for me. Again, it's another five more yeah. wickets in this uh, match for him, and a lot of menace, a lot of threat. Wow, right? And Dale Stein also bowling at full throttle. That was a pleasant sight. He took another four four. He was in fact very unlucky. I saw a major part of, or I heard a major part of his spell yesterday, and uh, I think he was very unlucky to not take a five four. Yeah. But this is this is the Stein of the old. This is really That's the Stein of the old, nice. and I hope. You know, another 10 tests at least, 15 tests at least from him we get. You know, and wow. uh, it it was very fantastic. It was very good. Sort of Philander was feeling his way in, but between yeah, the other I, three, they had right. enough. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, Olivier it was very costly in the second innings. Uh, he was uh, tonged around a bit, but that's okay. He had enough menace to rough up a few of the batsmen and made sure that they would not score a 400 or some such. Now, on that pitch, I think a 175 would have been a very tough target in the fourth innings. Yeah. I think uh, between them, they ensured that that would not happen, and they hardly got a target of 40, 42, and they were able to chase it off. So, kudos wow. to South Africa. I yeah. They, they, they look at their bowling lineup now: Philander, Stein, Olivier, Abada, and when Engidi is fit. They all are bowlers. They lose a few to call pack and all these things. They don't care. They have enough. Yeah. So, I wow, hope. that's amazing. That's they really nice to, uh, to that potential. And Rabada, of course, is always there in your face. And I so, love that. Guy. I love his attitude. Yeah. You know, he has to be penalized every now and then, just trim off the excessive aggression. But that's what you need in a mm. fast bowler. That uh, that uh, you know, nostrils flaring up with the anger in his face, <laughs> a little bit of a you know, a banter occasionally with the batsman. I really love that. I think I think he had something to say to Muhammad Amir, and I think uh, one of the batsmen I think just gave him a smile when he was dismissed. There's nothing more to be said. Yeah, happy <laughs> that he got out. <laughs> I think it might have been Asan Ali. I have to check who it was if I can look at the dismissal second. Oh God, it was not. He was happy because. He was so thoroughly worked over, and he just gave him a smile. It was a fast bowler to fast bowler acknowledgement of my God, man, you've done well. You know, 
it was it was nice to see that on field uh, you know acknowledgement it was very nice it was very nice yeah. so anyway that's that and uh, i would say fast the place was the man of the match second uh, match and deservedly so i would say mm. and uh, i think they're still hurtling towards a 3 nil you see any changes there do you see do you think that will change uh, no i think pakistani batting really needs to respond i think they have good enough bowlers uh, but the batting has let them down uh, so far agree and so, joberg is i don't know how the pitch is going to play this time because last year uh, same time around india south africa was quite a tough pitch yes uh, if it's if it's anywhere near that huh? we're going to end up so with some broken fingers here and there i think uh, i think i don't i don't really expect much of a change right mm. i hope so oh, i hope so you should toughen them up you know you should also play on good uh, hostile pitches So yes I mean that's also a challenge right for the batsman you don't have to have 400 plus 450 every time it can be 200 exactly and that will be still good good test match so uh, yes i'm looking for i'm, I'm go- coming back to your question ajit so i'm going to yeah. go with uh, south africa win again uh, i hope there is a closer fight but i don't see that happening i don't okay. see that happening no. i agree with you unfortunately i have to agree with you there and i unless really this is the nadir that pakistan team needs to reach before they start fighting back because they will they are, they are very famous for that this might be the corner tigers coming out mm-hmm. if that is the case that will be fantastic let's let's hope love that, that. i would love to see that uh, because look their bowlers deserve to win a test match here they have done really well mohammad abbas sort of felt his way in but i think now he's set up nicely that if he gets to play he's able to uh, make enough of a contribution towards a victory amir is bowling with enough fire that he is able to i think uh, give you some results and mm-hmm. hasan ali needs to come back i would say again shahin shafridi they chose that was one of the weird things for me that they chose to retain amir and uh, yeah hasan ali had to go out that was very weird for me hasan ali deserved his place in the second but test amir got four wickets in the first innings uh, yes yes no he has proved himself then why don't why not yeah. get this young guy to sit out the youngster in the team to sit out and give mm-hmm. yes continue to have uh, and yasir shah was ineffective he didn't get any wickets he was uh, i told you it was wrong that he could not be rested or he could not be maybe yeah maybe this was a test match look the opposition at four fast bowlers mm-hmm. this was a test match where he could have been but the thing with them is what i see in this test in that team there are no there are no bowlers i think fakar zaman will be will have to be the guy or asar ali will have to be the guy shan was so did a good job you know he was yeah, the, surprisingly he got even a wicket right? he on, even got a well, wicket so Markram the way Markram was dismissed was very unfortunate. That, that would have gotten anybody out. It was a terrible ball. The ball never bounced above ankle high and just hit the middle of the middle. So it was unfortunate. So, <clears throat> but uh, for me, they don't have enough people who can take a couple of overs off when the fast bowlers need a break. That might be the other issue. So they needed yeah, Yasir Shah. But you are right. He was not very effective. He did not have enough of enough of a contribution at all in the series. So. Uh, I don't know if they'll be a bit brave in the last one and go with an all-pace attack simply because mm. the pitch might be like a green pitch, not very far from the outfield. <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, just looking at the scorecard of uh, South African first innings, uh, mm-hmm. I see that Mohammad Amir and Mohammad Abbas bowled 30 odd overs, while Yasir Shah bowled only 21 overs. So he was really not used as yeah. uh, a strike bowler. You know? No, no, not as a like you said. Yeah, so holding bowler where he bowls 35 and the rest bowls 20. Like Hanuma Vihari. <laughs> Well, Hanuma Vihari was strangely effective. I don't know if you know yeah. this. He was always effective when he was brought on to bowl. He did the job that was prescribed. So there is this famous passage where uh, Jim Maxwell asks Bogle, "What is he saying, man? He's always chattering. Yada 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 yada. What is he saying? He's saying 
bihari was bowling and pant was saying to him keep it there keep it there keep it outside of them keep it there keep it there he was just making sure there was a lull in the game the batsmen are not going to get any runs and all the balls were outside off well outside off you wouldn't be wided they were turning away sometimes sometimes not so he was strangely effective and that that nearly resulted in a catch at slip which was dropped by rahane i think so yeah yeah Let's come back to South Africa. So, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. In my bad. So, at the end of the day, I would say South Africa are poised to take the series. Yeah, right. But uh, just looking at the injury list, Markram and Amla. Amla seems to have been injured while batting in the second innings. I think that's a bit of an ice pack thing. Yeah, okay. Thing. No, I, I haven't so. heard any, I haven't read yet any, any major, something like he's ruled out or some such, right? Mm-hmm. So, I would say, well... I, this is an interesting thing. I just opened cricket for home page and I see Sarfraz is saying bowlers were not up to the mark. Very interesting. Okay. Very. I'll have to read this and more importantly, I'll pay a bit of attention to what the Pakistani media has to say after the test match. So we'll see. All right. Now, the last uh, thing uh, for me in the ongoing series perspective is the two one-day internationals that have happened between New Zealand and Sri Lanka. I would like to quickly go through that. That was a very sure. interesting series so far because there have been two results sri lanka have lost both but i don't think they need to be ashamed of the way they played so in the first test uh, first one day uh, jiminisham came back i think he took some wickets and he hit five sixes of pereira in the 49th over or some such so he made a barnstorming return to the team and uh, new zealand ended up with 370 odd right so that was never going to be a match that you would win easily but sri lanka did their bit they came to 320 and they fought hard so that was good right so in the first test uh, in the first one day uh, i think uh, first of all i think uh, guptil sort of laid a platform he played for a run a ball 138 or some such and he was mm-hmm. supported throughout the order and jimmy nation came out and just put an icing on the cake perfectly right yeah. and then in uh, uh, pereira was unfortunately he was bowling really well and up until that point until he gave away 30 odd runs in that last over of uh, his then i think uh, i think kushal pereira hit a fantastic counter attacking innings of 102 in the first one year and dikwella had a good start and gunatilaka I, i was always wondering what is gunatilaka doing in this team he did not look the part in the test series but in the one day he's proving his point he's playing well i think he did well in both the one day so far and they batted well they came to 326 and they were all out so that, that that's a good match for me right i think malinga has brought in something he's also the captain of the team and he's able to inject this fighting spirit i like that that was sort of missing and um new zealand looks very complete in their performance on the pitch for me what do you I think i think they will be quite a strong team in the world cup exactly and this is a lot of these utility players like colin de grandholm yes uh, jiminisham uh, exactly. also to some extent saudi who can uh, you know throw the bat around a bit yes. and also bowl fantastic uh, line and length deliveries swing even that saudi for swing yeah they're going to play in the england yeah. i think they have a lineup to compete as far as bowling is concerned mm-hmm. let's not discount the spinners ishwani was very good in the second odi okay you know sort of 40 for 3 40 for 50 for 3 what he had was very good and he mm-hmm. got talked a bit in the last overs by pereira that's called the figures so coming over to the second one again here uh, they played out really well so it was did not what i saw is a contrasting set of performers colin munro had an 87 and taylor had a 90 so taylor is sort of correctly setting himself up for what could be a very well a swan song for him when it comes to one day at the end of world cup but maybe 
not. I think he can contribute a bit more in tests, but one day, maybe he might call it a time, call his time on one day. Let's see. But he's getting up very nicely here. Then Nicole sort of had this Najati 30, and then Nisham again hit a 60. So they got to 320. Unfortunately, the only uh, sore point for me was that I think Taylor sort of ran out Monroe, and Monroe had a chance to get to 100. But yeah. okay, so this is my by the by. But there were four runouts. That yes. Is. He himself was afterwards. Taylor himself was <laughs> But that was sort of a, just a run out from a good throw from the deep rather than a miscommunication. But yeah, that happens. So they did well, I think. And then Sri Lanka were dead. They were buried. So Gunatilaka had a 71, but there was nobody supporting him apart from Mendes with a 20 or some such. Then in comes Pereira. I think this is a long, long overdue innings. This guy has a potential to be uh, out and out complete all-rounder in a one-day or a T20 setup. He was never doing enough with the bat. But in this innings, I think he showed what he could do. He nearly won the match by himself. 140 in 74 with 13 yeah. sixes. I mean, a strike rate of 190 in a international. At score by scoring 140 is, is like miraculous for me. Yeah. If if he had taken this Sri Lankan team home in the second one-day, I, I would have considered that probably a top five one-day innings of all time sort of a situation. You know, chasing 320 in alien condition. My God, the way he was hitting, it was always like he was going to get out any point in time. But he never stopped. That's the thing. He kept going, kept going. And I don't think it helped that New Zealand dropped six catches. I don't know if you saw the highlights. No, I didn't see that, to be honest. So, New Zealand dropped six catches. And there were six different people, including Kane Williamson. One of his catches looked like that was it. It was Pereira. Unfortunately, he parried it over the boundary for a six. He was on long off or long on, if I'm not wrong. So, all those. And then uh, Guptil dropped a catch. These are all like bankers in the team. They never drop catches. So it was weird to see a New Zealand team. They had three overs remaining, right? Uh, Sri Lanka, they couldn't play out the 50 overs. I think if oh, they had played uh, out the 50 overs, they would have won it. And Pereira uh, was the last to uh, get out. Look, they, they, while chasing 320, they were 9 down for 254. Yeah. So it was never going to go the distance. I was sure of that. So either it would end, end in the next 5 to 8 balls with him hitting 3 more sixers, or he was going to get out. Because uh, Nuan Pradeep, I don't know what he can do. He can probably get you a single. I don't see Pereira pacing himself out like that. That's the whole point. So that's why he's not as effective as he can be because uh, at any other uh, player at that point in time would have said, you know what, I'll take a single off the last ball of the over and I'll keep it in the last over. This is where I would I would uh, always comment something, somebody like Dhoni. He, his tactics may not have been always appreciated, but that's what he used to do. He used to try to score. If Dhoni were in this situation, exactly like Pereira, in the same form and the same number of runs behind him, India would have won the match. Because what Dhoni would have done is taken it to the last over, scored one boundary in each of those three overs, right? Mm-hmm. And you leave yourself 15 in the last over. I think he's done it one or two, once or twice, right? By scoring I've seen it do in... Uh, I think he did it in once in Caribbean. I remember that. Exactly. It was so amazing. He, he would back yeah. himself to do that. Then you lose with, by seven runs. It's a bit heartbreaking, but it's so much closer, so much more realistic that you can win from there. Pretty deep, yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, uh, I, I didn't see Pereira doing that. I, he was swinging for the hills, man. He was swinging all the time. And I think he was hitting them cleanly. That was the other reason why he was swinging. And uh, unfortunately, he got out. That's that. That's that. But a fantastic series. I did not expect that the series would be so competitive. And uh, Sri Lanka would really throw down the gauntlet for uh, New Zealand. And it's unfortunate that they couldn't win one of these matches. But let's see what happens in the third one. Uh, anything for you to add from this one-day series perspective? Um, no, not really. I think uh, we discussed most of the things. And uh, about New Zealand becoming one of the uh, frontrunners for the Indeed. World Cup. 
Yeah. Right? For me, them all... They will be in the semi-finals at least, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're right, you're right. So, I'm hoping... I'm, I'm one of those people who supports the underdog. So, I'm really hoping this New Zealand team will lift the trophy in 2019. Even at the expense of India's uh, team. Oh, they are able to lift the trophy, they deserve it. Mm-hmm. They, this is probably a golden age as... as uh, many as golden ages that they've got this might be the peak of that and they should convert it to a trophy mm-hmm. they always semi-final final last final they lost to Australia so this time I'm hoping they're able to lift the trophy let's see and, yeah, and Sri Lanka will need to yeah, I think they have to re- reinvent themselves they, uh, so look they're always there the skill set is there they're always a bit let's say they're these mercurial players and sometimes it's not all uh, technique that's been grown in like uh, nets and stuff. They are sort of mercurial and they have this own technique and own way of playing and they should back themselves to do that. It's fine. This one-day series, if anything, should have shown them. That's what they should have done right through the last year or so. They are also in a trough. It's very easy to say they are in a trough, mm-hmm. but it's an extended trough. Mm-hmm. If they are to get out of it, the only way they'll be able to do it is back themselves, play the Sri Lankan way. Don't think about playing the English way or the Indian way or the Pakistani way. Play the Sri Lankan way, which is you have these mercurial players playing, coming out of nowhere, hitting, for example, Kusal Pereira's 100 in the first innings or first one day or uh, Pereira's 100 in the second. It, that's what it shows. So yeah. back your bowlers, be truly your uniquely Sri Lankan and you get the results. This is my okay. takeaway at least. Okay. That's okay. So uh, that's mostly uh, quite a lot of things we discussed. We've, I think, gone well into the 80s, the number of minutes. But quickly to wrap up some of the other ongoing uh, events, I wanted to discuss in detail the Australian ODI squad versus India, but uh, if I were to quickly summarize, first of all, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I think the main highlight here is Peter Cyril coming back into the team. That's a good one. I don't know what uh, was the reason behind it. I, I still don't understand why they would do that. They should have included, uh, is Jai Richardson uh, in the team? Yes. Jay Richardson, is that the name? Okay. Yes, is there. Jay Richardson. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Good then. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. Go for it. Firstly. No, no, no. It's, it's yours. So, I would say, I read somewhere, they have 26 players in the last 11 matches. Right? Effectively. So, including India series. So, they have listed out the teams. So, for me, I have a reason why. Look, the core of the team has been shaken up a little. Five people have gone out, which is weird. But... I think they are sort of still experimenting getting the last, let's say the 15 people they want to identify for the World Cup, right? That's where, uh, for me, Seidel comes in. He's been now a proven performer in this BBL, and I think in also in their one-day, uh, like the domestic one-day tournament that they played before that, he's been a very good finisher as far as the end of the innings comes, right? That's why they want to bring him back into the setup. I see this no more than a temporary move with the World Cup in mind. That's all. I don't see it as a resurrection of his career and he'll play another two, three years. No. But more like with the upcoming World Cup, with his experience of already playing in England and with his experience of playing previously, Peter Siddle might be the right sort of a guy to have in the team. Look, come the World Cup, who would be your fast bowlers? Right? Mitchell Stark will play. Uh, Josh Hazelwood will play. Pat Cummins may also come into it. Right? Depending on how their injury is then you would need a guy who's sort of stable with Hazelwood. That's where... Yeah. And it's a chance you could play three fast bowlers easily, right? And for me, Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark will be used very sparingly. They'll be used as pure spearheads. You play one match, he plays the other sort of thing, right? Yeah. Then these two guys could be sort of the bankers or the holders. In England, you play with three fast bowlers minimum, right? Then you have Marcus Toynis, who can do a bit of bowling. 
and there are other people in the team right who can sort of do this that's how that's what i'm looking at and then um for me yeah i thought some of those people krislin not being included was a bit weird because i still see him in the bigger picture and uh, peter hanscom being included was a bit of a surprise usman khwaja has been brought in again with the same thing in mind with the world cup in mind this is what i see he's i told you he's their best batsman in the series probably in the test series and they want to first of all continue the form and see if he can make a place for himself there even their one day top order sort of unstable so they want to see if this guy can provide a bit of stability right that's the whole point so that's my take on it so moving forward in the icc women's uh, awards at the year at the end of the year were you able to look at that uh not not to a large extent now but no. I, I i recognize that only smriti mandana was voted the best odi player was that so and also the icc women's cricket of the year so that was very big for me look this is sort of uh very important that uh, this shines a light on uh, the indian women's cricket this has to happen i think we are not very far off from a place where we are able to uh, have a, an ipl for women it should happen i've been sort of talking about this for two years already now and uh, this puts more spotlight on the indian women's team and i really like that so she was not only voted the odi player of the year but also the best player the women's cricket of the year so this is only the second time it's the rachel heho flint award the latest women's player award so uh, she is the second one it was started in 2017 and she is the second to get it that was great also harman preet kaur's contribution has been uh, sort of recognized she was named the captain of the icc women's t20 team of the year and these two are the people are along with a couple others who are playing in the bbl right now the women's bbl right so that's fantastic so it's time i think for bcci all this is showing them that they are in a position that they should have a t20 tournament for women as well we could consider it when it can be done whether it should happen parallelly with men whether it should be done separately whether it's a very small one a 15 day window right all these are just logistics that you have to work out but for me the indian cricket indian women's cricket especially is ready for a t20 tournament right Uh, they could keep it small enough that uh, enough players come in and look the indian uh, or the women's cricket calendar is not stock uh, full of events so that there is no window or some such what ipl is facing there's no such thing so they should just take it if, if it happens in july you should do it if it happens in december you do it whenever is possible in the indian conditions it's only a t20 you should be able to take it on so this is my opinion and this is the thing i wanted to bring forward in this let's say point so going further another nice thing for me is um afghanistan qualifying for the 2020 world t20 cup directly based on the ranking so they are the eighth team right now in the world that puts them ahead of sri lanka and bangladesh that means they qualify directly this is a fantastic fantastic achievement from the team i would like to congratulate the afghanistan team what are your thoughts on this oh, it truly deserved i think they have been the most consistent uh, t20 team uh, not considering india of course india and pakistan they have been there but uh, amongst those three teams afghanistan sri lanka and bangladesh i think they have been more consistent of course and amazing their performance on, in the asia cup last time around they are showing overall their growth is happening see look it has to happen in a t20 it's easy one day is easier test is the toughest right so they were blanked very easily by india when they played in two days but that's okay that's just a awakening for them but what they are showing is look if they were to take this advantage the attitude that they take to t20s they are able to take into one day or seven if they are able to replicate the same attitude in tests into 
uh, from one day into tests, they will become competitive. They'll play third, fourth day as well, and then maybe mm. they still lose. It's fine, but mm. that's that's the thing. I see this growth, tremendous growth in Afghanistan cricket. Now they have their own first class setup as well, right? So mm. they are the coming team for me from Asia, uh, you know. And this also shows how far behind the pecking order Sri Lanka and Bangladesh have fallen. You're right that uh, Afghanistan has easily leap, leapfrogged them, and they beat Bangladesh three nil in a. T20 series this year, so that's how far ahead they are. So they deserve to be uh, qualifying directly, and their ranking is well deserved. And Sri Lanka and Bangladesh, uh, we know Sri Lanka is going through a tough. We discussed this, and Bangladesh are as mercurial as any other team out there. Yeah, they're not consistent. I think that's the problem with them. That was a shocker for me. The three nil defeat from Afghanistan was a real shocker because yeah. Bangladesh still has most of their core team: Mahmudullah, Mushfiqur Rahim, Shakibul Hasan, Tamim. All of these people are still around. These four or five really big names. and they were not able to win that was very that was very telling for me i so, think i think the the telling difference is afghanistan have more hunger exactly so and they, they, they don't have any, everything on the silver spoon so so they they need to work hard and they they know what uh, they need to do i mean i think really passionate a, uh, people in that team there they are really passionate people overall in general from that region mm-hmm. and it shows it shows the way they play the cricket and the hunger that they want to be the best in the world you know i was listening a while back to one of their ex coaches who sort of was uh let go when they sort of were on the cusp of odi hood odi qualification status because or i think just after they qualified they afghanistan chose to invest in more international uh, coach he's a local afghani and the way he speaks gives you the intent that the team brings in and he says if i were the coach now they would be fifth or sixth in the world in odi he's so confident and he's so guaranteed in the way that his methods work and i like that right so uh, they went ahead with more international pedigree coaches that's fine but what i like is the attitude that i see there so i hope their cricket uh, is able to grow into more uh, and the results also translate into that uh, in the coming uh, months and years so yes. good luck to the pakistan team so the last point i would like to talk about today is uh, mashrafe murtaza's victory in the bangladesh elections have you been following this uh not much i know i know that he now became an mp right i mean uh, how, how old is he 35 is almost at the end of his career cricketing career so he's going on to another career now political career so that's a very nice transition so for mm-hmm. me sort of a good thing also let's not forget he's one of those guys who's actually seen the world who's traveled the world as an ambassador of bangladesh because he's a captain of the team right so it's sort of a very fitting sort of a thing to do and in our in our part of the world we like we like youngsters to get involved earlier and also in india there is quite a lot of segue from something that is a lot of spotlight be it film tv or cricket and then you can sort of convert it to a career in politics this happens siddu did it right so uh, of course imran khan did it very clearly and so why not why not this guy and i see that he was a good captain of the team he is a good captain of the team for nothing he has this uh, this burning desire this the uh, famous use the word junoon to make sure his team performs well and I see that that could be translated to something in that region, also in terms of the way the people live their lives. If he becomes a politician, he has a chance. And he's a look. The, the amount of uh, popularity he has is unprecedented because the seat was called Narail too. Apparently, that's the seat from which he fought, and he had a 96% vote in that constituency. Wow, that's, that's a, a landslide. I mean, there the other people can just stay at home and they don't even need to campaign. What is this? Some sort of a joke? I'm wondering because. I don't expect any rigging, so it's it's that's how popular he is. So when you have that sort of popularity, and he's fighting from Awami League, which is the one of the main parties out there, right? So that's well done him, and I'm hoping he 
also makes some uh, real changes as far as it might happen over time you know there are also south asians there is a lot of bureaucracy and other things <coughs> but maybe he is able to translate some of his attitude also right. to effects uh, it took uh, imran khan 25 years or more in politics to get it to become the prime minister right so i'm hoping this also translate into something long term and he is able to make a contribution that way so reminds uh, me of uh, arjun so, ranatunga yeah sorry uh, yeah 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 also yeah. good example yeah excellent example so hmm. but that's a different uh, example yeah. i don't have the most let's say a positive opinion when it comes to the um, cricketing uh, ruling elite in sri lanka the cricketing administrators of sri lanka so it's unfortunate and when it comes to ranatunga there was an unfortunate event that happened where he had to be escorted out of a factory through like uh, commando protection because he was afraid he was going to be assassinated when this political crisis was happening in sri lanka recently so that's another thing altogether let's leave that out because the people were so hellbent on killing him apparently because Uh, one of the workers got killed in the factory or some such so it's, it's, we'll pass it out on the side sir yeah but nonetheless that's a good example of another south asian converting his cricketing success onto a political career right so good luck to murtaza and uh, good luck to bangladeshi people because i think uh, he can bring a right sort of a message there mm. all right. right any other thing you want to discuss today giri i think we've covered a lot of topics starting with ah, india yeah. australia pakistan south africa i think we are very close to the 100 minute mark as well so that, yeah. that's a very comprehensive one uh, for you to present to me but that's also no but that's also due to the fact that we've had so many uh, cricketing events going on in parallel of course uh, so it's 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 good i think it will come down a little bit in the coming weeks uh, but we'll see i mean uh, it's been good i mean it's it's a well spent one and a half hours and a bit everything so uh, we'll do a bit of editing on this and let's get it up thanks a lot for your uh, input giri and thanks a lot for your participation thank you all right yeah. thank you guys thank you for listening keep listening to the answer cricket podcast and until the next episode it's a goodbye from both of us thanks a lot bye bye you're listening to Armchair Cricket Podcast.